0: We'll take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 12. John 12, I want to return to the passage I read this morning. We considered primarily verse 27 this morning. But we read verses 27 through 33. And we're going to pick up with our emphasis on this whole section Lord willing next Sunday <clears throat> next Sunday morning these verses 27 through 33 but when we get to verse 28 we're going to see something that we've heard already in John 12 and I want to stop there and and ponder a thought tonight an important thought so i want to consider tonight how how God is glorified. And we've heard this note a couple of times. How is God glorified? Because we heard this. Follow along. Look at John 12, beginning of verse 27, and you'll, you'll see something of this glorification here as we get to verse 28. And then we'll back up a few verses in a moment. But follow along. Verse 27, John 12. Now is my soul troubled, said Jesus. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? but for this purpose I have come to this hour. And verse 28 says, Father, glorify Your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world, now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So we hear this in verse 28. Let me look at verse 28. Let me read verse 28 again. Father, glorify Your name. Then that voice from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And then if you back up to verse 23, we heard Jesus, God in human flesh, say this. When we read this last week in verse 23, and Jesus answered him, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified the Son of Man being God in human flesh and do you remember I read a few moments ago in Psalm 20 did you actually hear this same same note just go back to Psalm 20 for a moment May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. The name of the God of Jacob. May He send help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. And then go to verse 5. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of... Of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill our petitions. Verse seven: Some trust in the chariots and and some in horses, but we trust in the the name of the Lord our God. And that's where we're going to go first, as we think about how is God glorified. I trust we understand as believers, that as believers in Jesus, we're to live in ways that please God, that are obedient to His Word, that uh, that that make sure that we're shaping our lives according to God's will that's clearly expressed in His Word. And that glorifies God as we do that. I hope you look at life that way, that you you long to please the Lord. As we finished up the message this morning, and we thought about all that Jesus Christ accomplished for us by by being willing to go to the cross for our sins, the imputation of our sins put on Christ and His righteousness put on us should should give us a strong desire, if our faith is in Christ, to please God with the way that we live, to honor Him, to glorify Him. So I hope that you understand that as believers and that you're to live to please God. And that brings God great glory. That points other people to Christ. But the glory of God can be seen in many ways. And we're to point to those ways with the way that we live, with the way that we speak, the way that we do business, the way that we do our work, the way that we care for our families. The glory of God can be seen in many ways. And our lives lived in obedience to God and His Word should indeed point to those many ways God is glorified. So how is the glory of God clearly seen? And I like looking at Scripture for this. The Scriptures help us understand these questions and answer these questions. So here's the first, and I've pointed to it already by jumping back to Psalm 20, which we just read. And I love how the Lord orders things because I didn't order uh, Psalm 20 to read tonight but it was the next one and it just goes well with this first point God's glory is seen in his name God's glory is seen in his name listen to the words of Deuteronomy 28 and verse 58 which calls the name of the Lord uh, the, uh, the name of the Lord God the glorious and awesome name. The glorious and awesome name. I think we've done the word awesome a disservice in our culture because everybody uses that word almost as much as they use the word literally. Does that drive you crazy? That drives me crazy when people go, I literally saw or did, and they can't possibly claim to have literally done what they're saying. And yet we ascribe the word awesome to all kinds of things. That experience was awesome, or that meal was awesome, or that whatever, you fill in a blank and we sling that word around, but there is nothing as awesome as the creator of the universe So Deuteronomy 28.58 calls the name of the Lord God, the glorious and awesome name. And we ought to take note. And we ought to point to the name of our God. Point to the name of our God as awesome and glorious. And Nehemiah 9.5 calls the name of God, the glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. So the name of God, the name of God, God's glory is seen and heard in the name of God and followers of Jesus have every reason to praise God for his glorious name. Just as we heard in Psalm 20 and just as we hear elsewhere in God's word. We have every reason to praise God for his glorious name. Again, more from the Psalms. Psalm 72 and verse 19 says, Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. May it be so. May it be so. And may we make it so with the way that we live for our Savior. And live for God's glory. Psalm 83 and verse 18. You alone, whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. God's glory is seen in His name because of the many reminders that we have in His Word that we can depend on Him, that He is Mighty that He is glorious, that He is powerful, that He is at work, that He is in control. There is no one like the God we serve, the one true God. There is no thing like the God we serve, the one true God. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, here's the God we serve, fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. He's not some impersonal God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with My righteous right hand. Isaiah 42.8 Again, here's the God we serve, and here's our glorious God, whose glory is seen in His name. I am the Lord. That is My name. My glory I give to no other, nor My praise to carved idols. And so, going back to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 58, that glorious and awesome name of the Lord God. We ought not take the titles of our God lightly He is the Lord God. And when God told Israel of how He was sparing them from destruction and giving them new prophecies, He says in Isaiah 48 and verse 11, For my own sake, and then He says it again, for my own sake, I do it, for how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another no one, no thing in this world should receive the kind of praise and glory that the one true God should receive. So we can see the glory of our God in His name. And we ought to honor His name. And revere His name. There's uh, there's subtle ways that we can do this. There's subtle ways that we get this wrong. There, uh, there are visual things, and I, you know, I see things in print sometimes where God's name is used and it's meant to look cool on a T-shirt or something, and I think that it's not very God-honoring. Or um, it, you, I mean, we can think of all kinds of things in our culture. Uh, we, we were talking, I don't know, some of us were talking about it here a week or so ago. Uh, how many people do you see in... Um, uh, who are, who are in, uh, who are popular figures, whether they be sports athletes or actors or musicians, and there's so many people that we see wearing a cross, and their life doesn't match up with what you would think the cross is supposed to mean, and uh, we profane the name of God that way. And yet, and we can look at that, and I think we would agree that 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 bothers us when we see that. And yet, there are subtle ways we can profane God's name if we're not careful. So, God's people ought to be serious about the name of God because His glory is seen there in His name. And take that to heart. Consider also that God's glory is also seen in His majesty, it's in His majesty. Again, there is no one, there is no thing as majestic as the one true God. And there's a way we can see God's majesty. It's seen clearly, for one way, in His creative power. I can't help but see God's creative power all over the place. This room is filled with God's creative power. As you sit here, you are God's created beings. And it's incredible to me how we function and operate as people, as human beings in our bodies. And and then we step outside these walls and look at the universe around us, the creation around us. God's glory is seen in His majesty. And one of the ways His majesty is seen is clearly seen in His creative power. says Job 37 in verse 22, Out of the north comes golden splendor. God is is clothed with awesome majesty. There's that word awesome for us again. Awesome majesty. Out of the north comes golden splendor. God is clothed with awesome majesty. And Psalm 93 in verse 1, we hear these words, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as His belt Yes, and here's His creative power, the world is established, it shall never be moved. And Psalm 104 in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, You are very great, You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And I think we do well Uh, We will do very well to ponder and meditate and grow by these truths about God revealed in His Word, which shows us the mighty works of God. We ought to read God's Word with ears and eyes tuned to see this. It will strengthen our faith, as Psalm 145 and verse 5 says. We don't look for and meditate on these truths, on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. We give so much time to things other than the truths of God's Word, don't we? It's so easy to do it, and I'm Speaking for myself here, but I'm pretty sure I can speak safely for you too. It's so easy for us to give our attention to things that don't cause us to dwell on the majesty of our God. And we would do well to ponder these truths, to take seriously, take to heart. They will strengthen our faith. They will strengthen our foundation for living in this world as we live with our eyes fixed on our Savior and on His Word. In fact, that's our role now. Believers in Jesus should make known to all the listening world who Jesus is and glorify His name by making Him known at every turn. And it's going to be hard for us to do that if we don't know our God. We need to know our God. We need to know His Word. The world doesn't need to hear about your experiences anywhere near as much as as the world needs to hear about your God and the truth of Scriptures. Sharing your testimony is okay, but don't make sharing your testimony the main thing. Make God the main thing. Make what Jesus Christ has finished for you, in spite of you, the main thing. The world needs to see our God. The world needs to hear us honoring the name of our God. His majesty shines forth, and we ought to make sure that it's shining forth through us because we know the one true God, because we know His Word, and we're taking it to heart. Consider also that God's glory is seen in His saving power. His glory is seen in His saving power. course, we've noted God's creative power and how that reveals God's glory. What about another type of power? What about God's saving power? We're shown God's saving power as Exodus records for us the account at the Red Sea. Remember that account? When God saved His people as they fled from the Egyptians? We begin to see something of our God, as He saves His people again and again. (laughs) Exodus 15 and verse 1 says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider He has thrown into the sea. And then if you move down to verse 6 in Exodus 15, we hear this, Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. So God's glory is seen in His saving power. It is glorious power. And this display of God's mighty power is certainly God-glorifying and when you point people to the truths of God's Word, you're pointing them to the, the God-glorifying aspect, the saving power of the one true God. Of course, even greater than all that, and those things are great, aren't they? You, you think about those people, who those multitudes, who were saved by God's saving power at the Red Sea, and yet, that's nothing compared to the saving power of our God. Greater than that is the power of our God to save, as we sang tonight, from sin and hell and death. I praise God for that. Do you? Do you realize that's better than being saved by the Red Sea? That's the power of Jesus Christ over sin and hell and death. That's our Savior. That's the saving power of God on miraculous full display. Says Romans 6-9, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. And guess what? Who else? It no longer has dominion over. It no longer has dominion over you if your faith is in Jesus Christ. And because of this, we can be certain that there is new life in Christ. There is, as we're still here dealing with, remember my little phrase from the song we sang, dealing with sin now, there's power over sin For now, God's here to help us with His Word and by His Spirit. For all who put their faith in Christ, this is glorious truth. And this glorifies God, His saving power. His glory is seen in His saving power. I read Romans 6.9 just a few verses earlier. In Romans 6.4 we hear, we hear this. We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Wonderful, isn't it? Incredible. The glory of God is seen in His saving power. That is God's power, and in His power to save, He is greatly glorified. And we can now rejoice in the truth of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you know it, don't you? He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so we know we have what we need now. This side of heaven, to say no to temptation. And though we're going to fail at times, we have what we need now. To walk with the Lord and say no to sin's grasp, because we're no longer held by it. We have new life in Christ. And that is God's glory seen in His saving power. God's glory is also seen in His glorious and majestic works His glorious and majestic works Psalm 19 and verse 1 and we might think back to His creation here also Psalm 19 and verse 1 the heavens declare the glory of God And the sky above proclaims His handiwork. How many times have you looked at the sky and said, oh my word, look at that. That is the sky proclaiming the glory of God. And don't forget that. Romans 1, verses 19 and 20 For what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. How? Verse 20, For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived Again, how? Ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Listen to this quote from R.C. Sproul. I quoted him this morning. I can't help but quote him again tonight. Again, he's with the Lord now. Uh, just, I think maybe it was last year or the year before not too long ago, powerful Bible teacher, Bible expositor, and theologian, and he wrote a book called The Holiness of God. Have you, ever, have you read it? Anybody? The Holiness of God. I highly recommend it. He writes, Some modern theorists believe that the world was created by nothing. Note the difference between saying that the world was created from nothing and saying the universe was created by nothing. In this modern view, the rabbit comes out of the hat without a rabbit, a hat, or even a magician. (laughs) The modern view is far more miraculous than the biblical view. I've often said that, and it takes more (laughs) It takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang than it does to believe in God, the creative universe. He goes on to say it suggests that nothing created something. More than that, it holds that nothing created everything. Quite a feat indeed. All that to say, you can argue there's no God. You can deny the existence and power of God, and you're probably going to do that because you don't want to yield to and obey God if there was one in your mind. But the evidence of God's glorious work is everywhere, and you cannot ignore it. You might deny it, but you cannot ignore it. Listen to Psalm 111 and verse 3. Full of splendor and majesty is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. God's glory is seen in His glorious and majestic works. And all the works... Of God are glorious. All God's all God does is His glorious. And they all point to His glory. They all point to His majesty. And we need just point people to the truth of God's word. Point them to our God for them to see Him more clearly. Now, consider also how God's glory is seen in His holiness. God's holiness. His glory is seen in His holiness. Exodus 15 and verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Little g, gods. Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. This is why we need to be readers of God's Word. Maybe you look at your life and maybe you look around and you think, where is God doing wonders today? And I think we've gotten out of tune with how God works. And so we need to know God's Word and how God works. Because if we do, we'll be more in tune with seeing the wonders of how He is working. You can count on it. Even if you don't see it, God is working. He is at work. And when you think He's doing one thing, you're just barely getting started. He's doing a thousand things with the one thing that you see. All God does is righteous. All that God does is true and just and holy. Nothing He does can, be, can he be charged with doing any wrong or questionable. We hear it also in Revelation 15 and verse 4. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify Your name? For You alone are holy." All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And this is why it's not a bad thing to necessarily start at the end of this book. When you read Revelation, you find out that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That does not mean that every person will be saved. But it does mean that everyone will eventually recognize who God is and they will not be able to deny it and refuse to believe it any longer. Oh, that we would point people to the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving power before it's too late for them. Because all that God does is righteous. All that God does is true and just and holy. Also in Revelation, chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. And verse 2, for His judgments are true and just. His judgments are true and just. And let me quote from Psalm 19 again. Psalm 19, verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Do not throw off the rules of God for your life. Do not throw off God's Word. Do not neglect His Word and in effect throw it off. And turn from it. Turn to God's Word. Grow in the fear of the Lord in that reverent respect and honor for who God is and His righteousness and His true and just judgments. Because the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. They are just what you need. Now, One more noteworthy quote from R.C. Sproul, again, from his book, The Holiness of God, when he says, How we understand the person and character of God, the Father, affects every aspect of our lives. Can I say that again? Listen to that again. How we understand the person and character of God, the Father, affects every area of our lives. It affects far more than what we normally call the religious aspects of our lives. If God is the creator of the entire universe, then it must follow that He is the Lord of the whole universe. No part of the world is outside of His Lordship. That means that no part of my life must be outside of His Lordship. His holy character has something to say about economics, politics, athletics, romance, everything with which we are involved. So, once again, the question so, how is God glorified? God's glory is clearly revealed in His name. In His majesty, in His power, His works, His holiness. And God is greatly glorified whether we give Him glory or not. And yet, God calls to His people and says, Give me glory. Point to my majesty and my power and my works and my holiness and my name as we'll hear Jesus say when we get to verses 35 and 36 here in John 12, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons. Of light, And so I say, may we each be sons of light, children of truth, the truth of God's Word. May it transform our thinking, may it transform our living, the way that we do business, the way that we communicate with people, the way that we treat one another, the way that we order our days, our weeks our months and years should the Lord give them to us may we each be sons and daughters of light and truth that point our lives to the glorious God who saves all who put their faith in his son the Lord Jesus Christ the one we serve and may we serve him with our whole heart